Good morning. Last week, uh, Daniel walked us through the first part of chapter 13, reminding us that God has bought us with a high price of Jesus Christ's blood. And as we look at our passage this morning, I want us to consider two things. First, God's purposeful way. And then secondly, God's caring presence along the way. Let me pray for us. Father, we're grateful this morning for the sunshine. We're grateful for a warm place to come and meet. We're grateful for technology that allows us to stream this so that we can virtually be together. And most of all, we're grateful for your Holy Spirit. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would take your words, use them to convict our hearts, to encourage our hearts, to grow our faith in you and our love for you. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to pull them out or you can look in your bulletin. The first thing that I want us to consider as we look at this passage is God's purposeful way. Now, after leaving InterVarsity many, many years ago, I returned to Greensboro with hopes of continuing in ministry in a local church. You know, I'd spent five years with InterVarsity and had tons of experience as a campus minister. And I had this naive idea that I would move back to Greensboro and that go and apply at different churches, and certainly they would want to hire me. Well, after talking with several pastors, I quickly learned that the fact that I did not have a Master of Divinity would keep me from actually working in the church. I was uh, disappointed because I wasn't yet ready to go to seminary, and so I decided I'm just going to take a year and work in the marketplace. This will be a great experience for me. I was living at the home at home at time at the time, and I uh, started sending out resumes. And I remember I'd send them out, and I'd hear nothing. I'd send them out, I'd hear nothing, and then I'd hear rejection letters after rejection letters after rejection letters. And for two months, I continued to look for a job and found nothing. I had gone from having all this influence on a campus. Uh, with students and engaging them to basically being at home with my parents. And the the most significant thing that I would do during a day was spend time with Jesus, go for a walk, and send out a resume. That was kind of my three things. And over time, I really fell into kind of a semi-depression. And in the midst of that... I started meeting with a man by the name of Mike Moses. Mike Moses has a ministry called Grace Discipleship. And through our conversations each week, Mike began to preach the gospel to me. Now, you would think I'd been in ministry, I'd been a Christian for many years, that I didn't need to hear the gospel, but I did. Because I think a lot of my identity and worth was found in my performance. It was found in my job, and I didn't have a job. 
and nothing to perform in. And Mike gently reminded me of the truth that I am loved in him. Now, after those two months, I continued to apply over the next four months and still didn't get a job. So for six months, I was jobless until finally I went to a temp agency and the temp agency put me at American Express. I was there for one year as an administrative assistant. And then I was at UNCG for two years in their financial aid office. Those three and a half uh, years were full of many ups and downs. And it certainly wasn't the route uh, for my life that I had in mind when I left university. It was a time of great struggle in my faith. But what I came to understand and what I see in our passage this morning is that though God might take us on circuitous routes, he is always working to accomplish his purpose in our lives and to bring glory to his name. Look at our text beginning in Exodus 13, verses 17 through 20. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Now, the only thing I remember from geometry is the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And for the Israelites to get from point A in Egypt to point B in the promised land, the most direct and straight line and the fastest route was for them to go north through the land of the Philistines. But what we see in our text is that God did not take them north to Canaan. God took them south, around the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. He took them on the most unexpected and unconventional way. Now, we have the advantage of knowing how everything turned out for the Israelites. But put yourself in their shoes. My guess is many of them were wondering, what in the world is God doing? Why would he be leading us south when we need to be going north? Is he playing with us? Has he brought us out here to die in the wilderness? Like many of us, we struggle to find our meaning from God's leading The Israelites, too, were struggling to find the purpose of God in the midst of this route and this journey. But Moses, in verse 17, he pulls back the curtain and he gives us insight into the mind of God. He tells us the reason why God is taking the Israelites south instead of north. Moses says, God isn't confused or toying with the Israelites. His ways are purposeful. 
And the reason that he took you south instead of north was to avoid the Philistines. Now, who were the Philistines? Remember the story of David and Goliath? Goliath was a Philistine. They were fierce warriors and no friend to the Israelites. And God, knowing this, he knew that at this point in their faith journey, having just come out of Egypt and yet not seasoned by the wilderness wanderings, if they were to face the Philistine army, even though God would have fought for them, they would have immediately retreated back to Egypt. Therefore, totally unbeknownst to them, and in order to accomplish his purposes of establishing a people for himself, God took them around by the wilderness to the Red Sea. And if one confounding day's journey wasn't enough, after bedding down for the night and awaking the next morning, God told Moses in chapter 4 to turn back toward Egypt. Now, once again, the Israelites had to be thinking, God, what in the world are you doing? Are you serious? Why would you have us turn back toward Egypt? What purpose does that serve? And while they nor we often know at the time what God is orchestrating, Moses, once again, pulls back the curtain into God's ways. Moses tells us, That God knew that Pharaoh would be watching the Israelites. And he knew that Pharaoh would look at their strange route and think that they must be wandering aimlessly in the desert. Which then would provide a great opportunity for him to go and capture them. God knew that Pharaoh would come after the Hebrews and their pursuit would provide God with the opportunity to take their army out. And to demonstrate to the whole world that the Lord God is the one true king. God says in chapter 4, I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. The path that God leads his pilgrims on then and us today might at times seem purposeless. The Israelites surely asked God, why go south instead of north? Why turn back instead of continuing to move forward? And we, too, ask the same questions as we travel down the pilgrim road. We wonder, what is God up to? Why did he allow this diagnosis? Why did he provide this person to be my spouse? Is there meaning to the discomfort and suffering that has come my way? Our text teaches us that God's ways are always purposeful. One commentator says it this way. This was how it was for the Exodus pilgrims. And it remains true for us today that nothing ever touches us except by God's determination. Nothing ever touches you except by God's determination and in accordance with his will and in order to achieve his purpose. He is too great 
And he loves us too much to allow it to be otherwise. God's ways are purposeful. He is committed to accomplishing his will in our lives and in the world. And granted, we might not ever understand the full meaning of a certain event, be that good or bad in our lives. Yet we can rest assured in knowing that whatever befalls us, whatever journey God takes us on, he is using it to complete the good work he began in us and to accomplish his will. And so the first thing that we see in our passage this morning is God's purposeful way. The second thing we see is God's caring presence along the way. A year or so ago, I told you the story of the young soccer team and their coach who were trapped deep in a cave. And the only way that they were going to escape alive was to be tethered to a Navy SEAL diver in front of them. And one behind them. These divers navigated the most treacherous parts of the cave. And at times in complete darkness. To get each boy and their coach to safety. Likewise, as we traverse the path that God has set before us. We are tethered to him. As he goes before us, behind us, and is all around us. Look again at our text this morning in chapter 13, verses 21 through 22. These are two of my favorite verses in the book of Exodus. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. And they they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Daniel mentioned this last week that God's presence was represented in the covenant established with Abraham in Genesis 17 in a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch. Here in Exodus, we see God's presence in the pillar of cloud by day and in the pillar of fire by night. The Lord of the universe, the creator and covenant keeping God did not set the Israelites free and then say, I'm going to go catch the, the next flight and I'll meet you in the promised land. No, the Lord stayed with his people every step of their journey. He led them by day and by night. He went before them and came after them. His presence was always with them. And likewise, his presence is always with those of us who profess faith in him. Jesus says in John 14 that he's going to leave the disciples. But don't lose heart because he's sending the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity to come and dwell with us. To illuminate his scripture so as to guide us and to comfort us. When we face troubled times. There have been times in my life. When if I am honest. I have felt abandoned by God. I have questioned whether he is. Where he is and what he's doing with me. 
But when I'm in those places, I'm reminded of Exodus 13. I'm reminded of Psalm 23 that the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. I'm reminded of John chapter 14 through 17 and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'm reminded of Revelation 21 that one day he will come again and his dwelling shall be with us for all eternity. God's caring presence is with us along the way. He is with you this morning and will be with you as you leave this place. He will be with you as you drive home. He'll be with you whatever you're doing this afternoon or this evening. He'll be with you when you awake tomorrow morning. One of the songs that we sing a lot here in worship sums it up well. As I rise, strength of God, go before, lift me up. As I wake, eyes of God, look upon, be my sight. As I wait, heart of God, satisfy and sustain. As I hear, voice of God, lead me on, be my guide, oh, be my God. Above and below me, before and behind me. In every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me. And as I go, hand of God, my defense by my side. And as I rest, the breath of God fall upon me. Bring me peace, oh bring me peace. As we look at our passage this morning, God reminds us of two incredible truths. He reminds us that God's purposeful way And he reminds us that God's presence is with us along the way. And so before we close this morning, we must ask ourselves, what is our response to these truths? How will they affect the way we live our lives today? And I believe there are many answers to this question, but I want to offer you just two that I've been reflecting on this week. And the first is knowing God's purposeful way and his caring presence is with us along the way moves us to trust and obey him. We might not know where God is taking us and we might be tempted to go a different way. We might look at the events over the last 10 months and wonder, has God abandoned us? We might think about what's ahead of us with this pandemic and wonder, is God directing and leading us? Our passage this morning tells us that God is working his plans and his purposes through our circumstances. And he is leading and he is guiding us. Therefore, as followers of him, we can trust him. And we can obey him. We can continue to walk in obedience. We can continue to follow the truths in his word. We can can continue to share the good news of the gospel. We can continue to step out in faith. These truths this morning enable us and call us to be a people who trust him and a people who obey him. So the first implication of these truths is that we are to trust and obey him. 
And the second implication, because God's purposeful way and His caring presence is along the way, we can rest in Him. It's easy to feel anxious about our circumstances and to worry. But as a friend often reminds me, Todd, God's got this. Therefore, as Jesus says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In these verses, Jesus fully understands that God is orchestrating every step of our lives. He fully understands that He is present with us. And He's saying to us that we are yoked with Him. Literally, He is right beside us. And we have His power and His strength to enable us to stop churning, to stop worrying, to put aside anxiety, and to rest. To breathe. To breathe in and to breathe out. To wait on Him. We are yoked to the all-powerful and all-loving God. And His power is made perfect in our weakness. And therefore, we do not walk in our own strength. We walk in His strength. And therefore, we as a people can surrender to Him. And we as a people can rest in Him. You know, those six months after I left InterVarsity, they weren't what I had anticipated from our journey with Christ. They were full of disappointment, sadness, and loss. It was a difficult season in my life. But God was with me. God was leading me. And he used those six months to introduce me anew and afresh to himself. I wouldn't want to go through it again. But I am forever grateful that God took me through it then. Moses reminds us this morning. That God's ways are purposeful. He has a plan for each of your life. There's nothing that happens to you that's by accident. And he is using that plan to shape you into his likeness. And he promises that his caring presence, as it was with the Israelites, as they were in the desert, by day and by night, his presence is always with us Along the way. So today. We can trust him. We can obey him. And we can rest in him. To him be all glory. And power forever and ever. Amen.